Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Three biggest things that really helped me the most were understanding and like making those lifestyle changes with my diet. Just really simplifying and going back to focusing on anti-inflammatory and balancing my blood sugar. I think so much can be healed just through the food we eat. So we, and we have control over that and that's awesome. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Molly. Welcome to She. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. This is something that I've had different people in my community ask about. These are topics we've kind of hit on here or there, but I'm really looking forward to getting to hear more of your expertise, more of your experience. And I know this is going to provide so much value to our listeners. So before we dive in, I would love if you can share a little bit about you. I know you've shared with your community about your PCOS diagnosis and how you were able to really heal from the inside out. Would you be able to share a little bit more about your journey with PCOS and what your road to healing looked like? Kind of a broad brush overview. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with PCOS in the summer of 2018. I had recently come off of birth control. I was on birth control for 10 years. And, you know, looking back, I was probably put on birth control because of all of these PCOS symptoms I was having, you know, in high school. And I think like a lot of women, or at least the women that I've talked to, my road to a diagnosis was not linear. Mm. I came off of birth control, you know, and I was just starting to feel all of these same symptoms again. I was having irregular cycles, weight gain, brain fog, anxiety, all those things. And I went to my OB and was kind of brushed off. And that that was really hard because I was really, really struggling. And I kind of just dove into researching what that meant Mm -hmm. and like what was going on in my body. And I just was like in my gut, I knew that something was not right. Mm -hmm. And so after kind of like a roundabout, you know, I ended up at a different doctor and I was diagnosed with PCOS and immediately they prescribed metformin and birth control, which is the typical kind of prescriptions that you get. And I politely declined. And just because of, you know, I, all that research I've been doing and I just felt like I could do it naturally and I didn't want to be, um, I was getting married and we were talking about planning for a family and I just didn't want to be back in the same spot when we were ready. So through a mutual friend, I ended up finding a functional nurse practitioner and I saw her and it was just like, 
I remember being in her office, like crying because I was like, you get me. We talked for like three hours and um, she did a full lab panel and explained that, you know, I had hypothyroidism. I had, I had vitamin D deficiencies and just like all of these things and all the things that made sense for PCOS. And you found this out before you started, before you were married, correct? Or right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got married. It was like literally right when we were getting married. Wow. So we got married in the summer of 2018 and then like two months later. Wow, good for you I, advocating for yourself. If I would have known some yeah. of those things about my health, like when I first got married, I'm like, I wonder what my life would have looked like. You know, it's like that just being proactive in that way. Like I'm just saying yeah. good on you. And I want to encourage anyone who's listening to really, even if you're like, I'm not even married yet or I'm not even thinking about my future yet. Like this is so empowering. So anyways, go on. I just wanted to interject. No, that. <laughs> thank, thank you. And you know, that's like one of the biggest things that I've learned. And one of the things that I tell people all the time is like, if you know something is wrong, like you're, you know, your body the best mm-hmm. and like, don't, don't give up on fighting for how you feel. So yeah, I totally agree. Um, so I saw, I saw her and, um, she did all my blood work and then we, it's kind of crazy how it happened because she told me I was already eating like pretty clean just because we liked to eat that way. And my husband likes to eat that way. But she's like, you're just like really close. But like, I was having like really, really irregular cycles, like, you know, and, um, so we changed something. She prescribed some supplements and specific like diet changes and all those lifestyle changes Mm -hmm. to try to get everything regulated. And, I think that was like in September I saw her. And then in February, we conceived our daughter. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I was going to ask kind of follow up, how did that influence your passion for sharing? I know you share a lot of recipes online and with your community. When did that start? Did you start doing that just as you were on your own journey? Or is that something you began doing later? Like, what did that look like? Yeah, it was funny. I actually started that. um, I started my blog in 2015. Okay. So, um, it did not start as a healthy recipe website, but as I got older and just grew and learned more, it was kind of like, it just took that path mm. along with my personal yeah. journey. Yeah. My, my website kind of became that. And then, um, I just felt like when I started learning all of these things about how much your food influences the way you feel and mm-hmm. especially your hormones and PCOS, it just felt like uh, this is what I'm supposed to do is mm. to, because I remember when I was first diagnosed and she was telling me how I, I, you know, I already knew a lot of it, but she was like, this, this is so important for like, your diet is so important for healing. Mm. And she connected so many dots for me. And, and I was, even though I was a food blogger, I was still really overwhelmed. Mm. And I was like, what do I even eat? And I've, you know, over the last almost three years, I've really figured it out. And I just feel, you know, in my heart that I'm supposed to help women who were, are in my shoes or were in my shoes like three years ago. Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, you think about like all of the conflicting information that there seems to be like, it's like, I remember Mm -hmm. when I first got some blood work done and just started going on my own journey of getting to the root of, I had hypothyroidism as well and just different things like that. And I remember feeling like, one place I would read, like, eat avocados. Yeah. And then the next place would be like, don't eat avocados. And I was like, do I eat yeah. the avocado or not? Like, I was so confused. And oh my gosh, it can yes. be so overwhelming. And so I think being able to just go to a place and be like, I can find food here. Because it's it's one of those things where it's almost like you'll want to Pinterest recipes, but then you're like, well, is this even, you know, it's coming from someone yeah. who's been in your shoes 
or who's been in a similar position and can understand what you actually need and also understands yeah. how complicated it can be rather than trying to kind of DIY it. It really simplifies yes. the process and, and finding resources like that can make a huge difference if you are on a journey to optimizing your health or reducing inflammation and things like that. So that was kind of what I wanted to ask you about next was the inflammation. I know your new cookbook features anti-inflammatory recipes for lifelong yeah. health. Why is it important to decrease inflammation? Can you share that with us? I mean, I would love if you can just kind of break down probably what you learned through going to your functional doctor, a lot of what I've learned, but I'd love your perspective on why it's important to decrease inflammation and what qualifies meals as being anti-inflammatory. Yeah, I think um, the easiest way to explain it is when you think of a lot of people are familiar with acute inflammation. So an example would be like, I got a mosquito bite and it gets inflamed and red and itchy. And that that's our body's immune response um, and our immune response, like doing its job. But when you are inflamed from the inside out and chronically inflamed, that is, it's basically, that's what's happening on the inside of your body for a really long period of time. And a lot of the food that we eat impacts that. And um, specifically when it comes to hormones, I've learned this from my doctor and then several books that I just love um, from Dr. Laura Bryden and Dr. Brighton. They sound similar. But when you're inflamed, these inflammatory messengers can stimulate the production of androgens, which are kind of like those male hormones that can definitely like, those are the biggest thing with like PCOS and And chronic to acne as well. Correct. Yeah. 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 yeah, It can. It's kind of think of it like testosterone kind of, Mm -hmm. um, and then chronic inflammation is a form of stress in our body. So it can lead to a like adrenal dysregulations, Mm -hmm. And then also it can lead to sugar, blood sugar dysregulations, and that can turn into insulin resistance. So if you look at all of those, all of those symptoms and all of the things, adrenal fatigue and insulin issues and all of that, it can kind of all be traced back to inflammation a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And that is why it's like so critical to address inflammation when you're talking about hormones. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's really interesting to me because I mean, I I've heard a lot about like even chronic low grade inflammation where you may not yeah. have because I think a lot of times we think, oh, I don't have super bad period cramps, I must not have inflammation. Yeah, and that's kind of the way I thought of it because I was like, well, I my periods are fine, like I don't have issues with that really. And then it was like there were other signs of some chronic low grade inflammation, like cystic acne and just different things mm-hmm. from my body, and that's also triggered by multiple different things. But there were different things that I learned along the way that I was like, oh, maybe that's a site of inflammation or irritability or these just these different things. And we don't even always catch that. And so my question then following that up would be, is would you say that from your perspective, even if someone doesn't have PCOS, like for example, I don't have PCOS, but I'm also a young woman and starting families and all of those things, Uh as are many of the listeners here, would you say that it's wise to eat a lower or anti-inflammatory diet, even if you haven't been given one of these diagnoses? I think that eating an anti-inflammatory diet just makes you feel really good. Signs of inflammation can, like you said, come, come about not just in like irregular cycles or PCOS, but even if, you know, you're struggling with migraines or, you know, you've got like gut issues, maybe you've got like IBS or you're struggling with sleep. There are so many, like a lot of times I think women, not just women, but we think that all of these things are isolated, Mm -hmm. you know, symptoms related to something else, but 
sometimes they really can all be traced back to inflammation. And so it's just like in general, I think if you are eating anti-inflammatory, you're going to feel really good. And I think when you feel really good, then you have more energy and you can pour into, you know, the people around you. It just is kind of like a ripple effect Mm -hmm. effect when you really take care of your body and like how you feel and what you're eating. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Okay. So I would love if you can describe in a little bit of detail, what would qualify meal as being anti-inflammatory? What does it actually mean for someone who's not familiar with that? Yeah. So the basis of an anti-inflammatory diet is just eating healthy fats, quality proteins, fruits, and then veggies that are really rich in antioxidants, nutrients, fiber, um, just like really, I like to just try to focus on what I can can add into my diet. Of course, there are studies that show the most common, you know, inflammatory foods are gluten, dairy, sugar, alcohol. So when you're in like a healing phase, like where you're just really trying to figure it out and like dig into what's going on, those are not included. (laughs) You just kind of try to stay away from those. So like all the recipes in my cookbook don't include any of those things. And so it's kind of just like focusing on like really good fruits and lots of veggies, lots of greens, lots of healthy fats and protein, Mm -hmm. and kind of just being mindful and not and being paying more attention to like the sugar that's in things and um, gluten and dairy, if you can. Yeah. What was to somebody who's listening to this? Cause this is my immediate question. The first time yeah. I heard about this stuff, I was like, well, what about when you have a sugar craving or like when maybe not even a craving, just like when you want to enjoy dessert, what do you recommend? That's maybe lower inflammatory. Um, do you have any go-to treats or things that you enjoy that are not quite so inflammatory as like a normal cookie or bar of chocolate would be? Yeah. Well, I love to bake. It's like one of my favorite things. It's like how I just relax and it's just so fun. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool about 2021 is that we're in like, there's so many alternatives to the things that even when I was diagnosed three years ago, we didn't have like cassava flour and almond flour and coconut sugar. And so you could just find a recipe that, you know, is uses those alternative flours or, Um, like you can use a vegan butter. I use a plant-based like cashew type butter all the time. And there's just tons of brands out there that like, they have like no, you know, allergens in their chocolate. It's just, mm-hmm. I would like, say just, I call, um, my favorite go-to. I'm curious if you like this brand. Do you know that Hue brand, the H-U oh, yeah. chocolate? That's like, like my H-U. go-to. Yeah. That's my yeah. go-to. There's like Love. three ingredients in it. And I probably eat way too much to the point where I'm like, I'm probably causing inflammation yeah. now with all this coconut sugar, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Last <laughs> but I, feel, night I was I just eating about. chocolate chips, like from the palm of my hand while I watched friends. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and you've got to be able to do that. You just have to find things that maybe yeah. are better. They may not be perfect, but that are much better. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Next question I'd love to hear from you. You know, I know you're a major advocate for finding the root cause and healing naturally. So for the woman who may be interested in doing this, who maybe got a diagnosis or is struggling in one area or another with her health, but maybe is feeling a little overwhelmed, where do you think is the best place to start? I know you shared a little bit of your journey, but if she's feeling like overwhelmed by all the things and all the food changes she has to make and all the doctors she could see, what would you say like, hey, friend, this is where I'd recommend taking a first step? Three biggest things that really helped me the most were understanding and like making those lifestyle changes with my diet, just really simplifying and going back to focusing on anti-inflammatory and balancing my blood sugar. I think so much can be healed just through the food we eat. So, and we have control over that and that's awesome. I think 
that and then focusing on like stress and sleep management and stress management and moving your body, those played a huge role. And then if they are able to find a doctor that like getting the personalized blood work for me and like kind of knowing what was going on in my body Mm -hmm. made such a huge difference for me. So I would say talk to your friends, um, ask them if they've seen anyone or even someone on, you know, online, you or me or someone that they know that have gone through something similar and see if they have any advice. I actually, I was like so frustrated because I felt like there weren't that many resources for women to find like trusted, just like doctors, functional naturopathic doctors. And so I just periodically ask people on Instagram if they've seen someone that they love and can they recommend them. And I just started this big Google doc Mm -hmm. that I could just like send to people if they're like, like, you know, if someone's in your state and you can just like, it's just like a trusted resource of someone that, you know, somebody else has gone to and really liked. Yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. Can you, uh, can you send me the link to that? We'll drop it in the podcast show notes so that anyone's curious, that would be a great place. Awesome. Okay. Next question I have, this is a little bit more specific, but I want to give some examples. You, you had hit on healthy fats and quality protein and fruits and veggies, fibers, that kind of stuff. But I would love if you could share maybe like a go-to lunch that's an anti-inflammatory meal as well as a go-to dinner. Yeah, for sure. I eat almost every single day. I eat the same lunch or something something similar because it's just easy. I do usually a salad of spinach. And then one thing that we love to make for dinner is sheet pan meals. So a lot of times we'll have leftovers and they're just like chicken sausage. We get like a really good brand of just like a pre-cooked chicken sausage. So I'll just throw that in a saute pan and put that on the spinach and then like or I'll make that like on a sheet pan the night before and it's just roasted veggies. If we don't have a sheet pan, I'll just throw some like broccoli or we usually have like broccoli, asparagus and Brussels sprouts in our fridge and we'll throw them in the air fryer. So I kind of just put everything on a salad and then sometimes I'll make my own dressing or sometimes I'll use that brand called Tessame and they're just like a, just like a cleaner brand of salad dressing. And I eat that every day almost mm-hmm. either that or like leftovers from the night before do you do that with pro with a protein or is it mostly just veggies for lunch i'll put like the chicken sausage on top mm-hmm. and then or if like we have a leftover chicken breast or a piece of salmon i'll throw that on too mm-hmm. that sounds good yeah. that sounds very similar to how my lunches look <laughs> yeah it's um, just like easy yeah absolutely for somebody who wants some carbs what do you tend to recommend that's lower inflammatory rather than something with gluten or that's kind of a simple carb do you do you go for potatoes do you go for rice what are, what are your go-tos we do a lot of rice and sweet potatoes mm-hmm. yeah we love chopping up sweet potatoes and making them in a hash or throwing them on a sheet pan or air frying them um, we do that for breakfast. Um, I put those on my salads sometimes. Mm. I love those too. And then it's not, I mean, it's, I guess it could technically be, I guess it's not a carb, but like the chickpea pasta, mm. it feels like you're eating carbs yeah. when you're eating pasta. So right. we do a lot of that too. Yeah, that sounds good. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next and I stayed on budget. 
Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today curious what you would what you would say to this what was the hardest part of switching your diet and what would you say to someone who's feeling stressed about changing the way they eat is there a a certain place you'd recommend starting when it comes to kind of making these shifts in how they're eating yeah I think I mean the hardest part for me was I was just feeling really overwhelmed and like I didn't have time Mm -hmm. I feel like we're we're especially women like we're just strapped for time and I just Um, you know, was feeling like, how am I going to do this? And I would say to that, you do have to make some time for it, but is 100% worth it. Mm -hmm. 
And then the other thing was, I I cannot eat the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about something like this, I'm like, I can't eat chicken and broccoli every single day. So the idea of just like being bored mm-hmm. or just like not enjoying the food I like to eat because I'm like, I'm a food blogger. I love food. I need to just not eat, them, you know, so yeah. that was like really hard for me and just getting creative in the kitchen and finding new ways to make things helped a lot. Like I eat, I eat the same thing kind of for lunch, but for dinners, we love to get creative and um, by creative, I mean, nothing like crazy. I like to keep things simple because I think that's, you know, helpful too. Mm -hmm. So I would say, I think to someone who's feeling stressed about changing something or making that big changes, definitely create space in your calendar to dedicate to planning, Mm -hmm. even just 30 minutes. And then I would say just like, well, one of the other things that I really struggled with was um, not seeing the results right away. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was eating this way and I'm like, I am the same or like, I don't feel any different. It does take some time. So just know that like what you're doing is really serving you and making a difference and it's just worth it to invest in, in that way in your health. Yeah. I would agree with that. Absolutely. It's truly like, something that I, at different times, I would try to make these changes. And if I didn't see results within two weeks, I was like, I'm over it. Give me the dang cake or whatever it was. And so I think for me, and I would love if you could share if you had a similar experience, but for me, I started to have to really shift from like, this isn't a diet. Like this isn't like diet culture. This isn't like trying to look a certain way because I wasn't doing it for a really image. It was more just how I felt. And it's, it it can be easy to get caught up in like, I want a quick fix or I want to do something for a month. And like, I want to do a whole 30 cleanse, right. Or I want to do a juice cleanse or a whole 30. And at first I was kind of looking at it that way. Like this is a temporary thing to get everything reset and I'll go back to whatever I want to do. And after a while I started to feel like I was living very, like really restricted. I was like, Oh, I can't eat that. And I can't touch that. And I really, after about three months, I was just feeling like this isn't healthy mentally. I was in a not good place with it. And I started to shift my mind from like, okay, I've got to shift from this isn't a diet to this is a lifestyle and this is just nourishing my body. And then I also have to shift this idea of like restriction because what I was doing is I was just thinking, oh, I'm not going to eat gluten. So I'll just get gluten-free crackers, which is fine. Like nothing wrong with gluten-free crackers, but I wasn't really focusing on this replenishing and nourishing and like the joy of it, you know? And I've shared this before on the podcast, but for anyone who hasn't heard me say this, I often shared that when I I was actually meeting with a mentor of mine and she was talking about something else entirely. We were talking about like, you know, other disciplines in life, but she compared it to food. And she was like, you know, think about when you're, or not food, sorry, to to health. And she's like, think about when you're trying to get back into a workout routine or when you're trying to eat healthier. At first, it's kind of like a discipline. And then it Mm -hmm. starts to become a desire. Like it becomes something that you actually find meals you enjoy. You find workouts you really like and you you realize, oh my gosh, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I'm feeling good. I want to keep doing it. And then eventually it becomes a delight and it becomes something that's truly like something you look forward to in your life and isn't just this thing that's like so overwhelming or exhausting and, and hard. And so I share that because that was, I think it's a process. Like you can start making lifestyle changes, but it takes a little time to settle into like what feels good for me and what do I actually enjoy and what, you know, is what works with my lifestyle and with my schedule. And as you figure those things out, it truly starts to become like, and if you can shift your mind to this isn't restrictive, this isn't dieting, this is nourishing and a lifestyle. I think that's when it starts to take root and become something you can begin to enjoy. Would you agree? Did you have a similar experience? Did it ever shift for you like that? That's exactly the same exact like thing that happened to me. I started out and I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm frustrated. Like I, I remember like 
you know, going places and just like seeing my friends eating whatever they wanted. And like, I was like mad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, why do I have to do this? I don't want to do this. Um, and I think like you said, it was just like, I was in that space where I was just, I wasn't in that delight space yet. And then I'm the type of person that I am like, go all in on something. So I was dead focused on it. And then just like your story, I, I realized it was stressing me out and I did have that exact same mind shift. And, um, once you, once you're like operating up from a place of self-love, like I'm doing this to serve my body, it becomes so much easier. And if you have like a deeper why, then, you know, you like, if you want to heal your hormones or whatever your why is, and, and you're just, you love yourself and you want to treat your body well, and then, and then the results do come and then you start you want to keep doing this because it's serving you and you're also seeing the results and it just kind of is this ripple effect and um, just really makes such an impact. And I feel like from there, you're like, you just want to tell everybody about it. Yeah. Well, it's true. (laughs) It then becomes like an encouragement to keep going. And I I mean, I fully agree. I just, I think it can be something that takes time. So if, if you're listening and this is something that you're trying to get into or you're interested in and you just feel discouraged, like take, take it from us. Like it is something that takes yeah. time and you're not alone and it is kind of frustrating, but also it's not about restricting your entire life. It's just about making choices that fill you up. And also I love what you said about a deeper why, because there's mm-hmm. been times in my life, like before I even knew anything about where my hormones were all like before I really investigated, there were different times where I was like, Oh, my acne is kind of out of control. And I would cut out caffeine for a week and it wouldn't make a difference because it was a week and yeah. I would get back on it or whatever. <laughs> And um, I would get discouraged and I was like, it, there was nothing really like rooting me and like why I was doing it other than like, it'd be nice if my face was clear, but there wasn't like, it was a mere inconvenience. Like occasionally it'd be painful, but most of the time it was something I could just live with. But then when bigger and harder things started to happen within my body and within my health that were suddenly like affecting my family and affecting my marriage, I was like, oh, this is something that it, it's not my fault. It's not something that I did wrong. And I think that's a big place to like, that's a really hard place to, yes. it's a really important place to start. But also yeah. then I had a deeper why of like what was driving me, what was motivating me, why it was so important to take those steps to heal and to be aware of what was going on in my body. So anyways, I just share that to encourage anyone who's listening and may feel a little bit overwhelmed. And I'm thankful that you shared your story as well. Yeah. Um, something I bet somebody is li- who's listening is wondering is like, cool, all this sounds great. I'm glad you can roast all the vegetables. Amazing. I will do that when I'm at home. But what about eating out? What about traveling? What about when I'm at a friend's house or visiting somebody out of town or visiting family? What do I do then? I would love your thoughts on, on that and how you navigate those situations. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it was hard for me at first because um, I was in this like, I can't eat a single piece of cheese kind of mindset. And um, I was in a healing phase. And I feel like that is was an important phase where I really needed to be like, do that and figure it out. And I kind of just had these go-to go-to meals when we would go out to eat. Like I can get a, get a salad with a protein and ask them for olive oil and lemon juice mm-hmm. and do that. Or maybe it's a piece of chicken and um, like a sweet potato on the side or something like that. Or if I was at a friend's house, I would just pick the options that I knew were going to make me feel good. And um, now if we're like visiting family and they're making meals. Um, I typically, I just, I don't stress about it as much anymore. I think when you try to, well, at least when I try to do that now at this point, it just is like way too stressful for me. And so I will be really mindful about it, but I know that it's going to be okay if I can't be perfect at it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. That's something I had to kind of navigate as well. So that's really helpful because now I'm, I feel like after you kind of get through that initial healing phase and you kind of get a good rhythm and you're like, okay, I now know and I'm feeling better and I've given it the time. I've started to loosen the reins a little bit. Like I yeah. eat a piece of cheese occasionally, but it's not like something I'm doing daily. So yeah. it's just about balance and finding, you know, and discover or deciding like, where am I at in this process? And if it's early on and I'm just trying to heal, maybe be a little bit more strict on it. And then as you heal and you feel better, maybe you be a little bit more relaxed, but there are options you can go to. I love that example you shared about a salad or a protein with a sweet potato or vegetable. That's something that I do a lot. I love like oil and lemon juice as a very simple dressing. It may not be your favorite dressing in the world, but it does the job. So I love that. Okay. A couple more questions. One being out of all of the changes that you've made in your diet, which were the most influential in helping you heal? Do you think how long did you, how long did it take you, I guess, to start seeing a difference in the symptoms you were experiencing after you started making these changes. So those are kind of, that's kind of two questions in one, but which were the most influential choices in helping you heal? Do you think, and then how long did it take to start seeing improvement to your symptoms? I think it took, I think, well, the most influential things for me were eating anti-inflammatory. That was like the very first thing that I fixed. And then um, the second thing was balancing my blood sugar. So I try to get protein, fat, fiber, and greens with every meal. It's like that fab four. I don't know if you've heard of that, that fab four kind of thing. So I do that for every meal and that made such a big difference. And it took probably like three months to really notice something, something that some women know, but may not know when it comes to women's health, it actually takes 100 days for your eggs to like mature and be ready to ovulate. So you know, what's going on in your like cycle can actually be a result of something that happened three months ago. So you have to give it, you definitely have to give it time, give it a fair chance. Um, but it, you, I, I felt better and yeah, it was probably like three months, I think. Hmm. Yep. I would say that was about the same for me. So stick with it. Give yourself like a 90 day window yeah. and see if you don't see any changes after that. But I, I would guess you probably would. I think most yeah. of you um, yeah. So for the woman who does not have PCOS, but just doesn't feel like her body is functioning at its best, is maybe noticing some different symptoms, what are some of your recommendations for um, starting to utilize food to heal? Um, I know that you've given some different examples in terms of recipes and, you know, would you recommend like starting with your cookbook? Would you recommend starting with just cutting out gluten? Like where, where would you say like, hey, here's how you can start focusing on utilizing food? Would you just say go all anti-inflammatory or would you say cut out two things that tend to be more inflammatory and then continue from there? What's your approach? Is it like all in, jump in the deep end or is it cut out one inflammatory thing at a time? I just kind of went all in on the deep end because then you can be really specific and you can almost work backwards and you start adding things back in and Mm -hmm. paying attention to your body and like how you're feeling. And I think that will be like, it will tell you, it will tell you so much about you know, what the food you eat, how the food you eat like impacts your body. So that's what I did. I think that makes a lot of sense. It is a little bit overwhelming, but there are so many resources like my website, my cookbook, but just so many other websites out there too, that are people that do share anti-inflammatory foods or blood sugar balancing foods. And the other thing is like not skipping meals too. I know as I did this all the time and it actually took me a really long time to figure this out. It seems so simple, but skipping meals that can cause blood sugar dysregulation and stress and all of that. And so 
women who are just like go-getters, busy, don't have time. I'm just going to grab a coffee for breakfast. I would say just like be mindful of when you're eating as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So helpful. And I, I would agree. I mean, my approach usually tends to be like, take small steps at a time. But I think in this case, if you are having certain symptoms or just not feeling good, what can be really hard is like, if you're, if you're cutting out one food group or one thing like gluten, or you're trying to limit sugar and you're not seeing differences, it can, that, because it could be something else that's triggering inflammation. It can be really frustrating because you're like, well, what the heck I've like, you know, limit, I've not been eating bread for the last two months and I see nothing, you know? So Sometimes yeah. it can be helpful to just go all in if you can do that and that works for your lifestyle. Um, yeah, my functional doctor said like go all in for like 30 days mm-hmm. and then start adding things in mm-hmm. and, seeing reverse. and seeing how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, well, this has been so interesting and so helpful. I know you've just, I mean, you've provided so much value and guidance. I would love if you can share where listeners can learn more and connect with you and get your book and start using your recipes and all the things that you put out into the world. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at what underscore Molly made. I also have a website, whatmollymade.com. And um, I have a link to my cookbook on there, but it's also on Amazon. It's the anti-inflammatory diet made simple. Love it. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to check out your cookbook. I'm excited to try some of your recipes. Very thankful for your time. Thanks for being here and for all that you've shared. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.